E-P-G. E-M-F track. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters, raw, raw, raw. Coach Turf, you're coming off a 33-0 loss to SOS in your season opener, but there must have been some bright spots in the game for you. Well, no, uh, not really. I don't know what ball game you was watching, but I knowed that we was in trouble right there at the start of the ball game when we kicked off because uh, we was breaking in a brand-new kicker, Samus Sidewinder, and he come up to that football, his first college football kickoff, and he took up a divot that good old Shank Wedgman, the star of our golf team, shoot, he'd have been proud of that rascal. And, Oh, uh, old Sammy kicked the tee further than he kicked the football, and then they recovered it on their 41-yard line. I guess it's downhill from there. Well, it does sound like an ominous beginning. Well, no, you, it wasn't very good at all. I know you told me that going into the game, you thought their safeties were inexperienced, and you'd be able to work on them with your passing game. How did their safeties play? Well, they played a real fine ball game. In fact, they played a better ball game than I thought they'd play. We had a special play cooked up for the star of our team, our star wide receiver, Needles Norgan. You know Needles. He's six foot nine, weighs ninety-eight pounds. Rather he's a, thin, young he's man. A, he's a rather thin boy, and uh, we tried to take advantage of that. We, we was wearing our white road uniforms, and Needles being so thin, we figured he could lay right down on the sideline. And when we center the ball, we'd quick throw him the ball, and he could run for a touchdown. He jumps up, catches it, you know. And uh, we thought we'd take advantage of their inexperienced safeties when. They caught on. We run that play once and got a big gain. And right after that, uh, I, I bet our quarterback, 12, uh, third and 12, must have thrown seven interceptions we was running that play. We'll be back with more from Coach Turf in just a moment. And the Art Turf Show is proudly sponsored today on this terrific Tuesday by Beautiful Spring Flowers. Well, Coach, it's customary for coaches to award a game ball to the game's MVP after each game. Which member of the Oysters gets that honor this week? Well, we're not giving it to nobody, but that ain't because we don't have nobody to honor. It's because we don't got no game balls. Uh, that's because, uh, you know, we was pretty cramped on the Packard this road trip, everybody making a trip. You know, every once in a while, when you go through the season, we got some boys that leave a team after a certain number of ball games, and by the time the end of the season rolls around, you don't got as many boys on the team as you do at the start of the season. But this start of the season, we got a lot of boys on the team, had that Packard pretty cramped, so what I did... I give the game ball to Coach Lewis and Coach Clark so they'd have it sitting there waiting for us when we got there. And since we don't got no game ball, you can't award nothing if you ain't got it. Well, Coach, this sounds fairly serious to me. You mean you, you still haven't heard from Coach Lewis and Coach Clark? Are they still lost? Well, I'm back. Whoops, let me get that. Hello. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, that's right. Well, I guess that's okay. As long as you and Coach Clark's all right, why don't you uh, give me a call along about Thursday with what you got. We'll see you. Bye. Well, who was that, Coach Lewis? Well, that's right. You know, he said he had to sell the game ball for a couple bus tickets to Indiana so they could scout our next opponent, Indiana Orthopedic University, and, boy, you know, that trip's going to wear him out. How's that, Coach? Well, you got to take the back roads to get to IOU, and that always makes you bone tired. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's.
A rather nice sunshine uh, trying to peek out this morning. Although they say the day overall is going to be mostly cloudy. 45 are high today. But tomorrow, 78 and sunny. Be working in the yard tomorrow. But working right here now, it's the party line. It's a free-for-all. It's a Tuesday, the 29th day of March. Two more days to go of this month, and uh, then on, uh, what, uh, Friday, I guess. Uh, Yeah, Friday would be a whole new month, month of April. April Fool's Day, right? Isn't that what they say, April 1st? Yep, every April 1st. Also, my uh, first wife's birthday. All right. Well, anyway, good morning, folks. Welcome. And um, let's see here. Uh, Today, a free-for-all, so we have all the usual things to uh, go over and then some. Um, But but I I was coming in. I'm sure you've seen this, uh, um, what would you call it? little excerpt from the um, the Academy Awards, right? Was that the, that was the incident, right? Yeah. Of um, Will Smith. Yeah, Chris Rock. And Chris Rock. Um, generally speaking, I think those guys are friends, but Chris Rock um, said something while up on the stage that really bothered uh, Will. Well, you describe it. You you have a better knowledge of it than I do. We were talking about it earlier. Well, uh, Chris Rock was the host of, of the Academy Awards, and, you know, he does a lot of jokes, mm-hmm. and he does a lot in his concerts or his performances. He had a lot. He does a lot of off-color jokes and um, X-rated language. Really? Yep. Did they bleep him out a lot and during the Academy they, Awards? Um, yeah, they did some of it, but, okay. you know, aren't those live? So it's kind of tough to do unless they have that seven-second silence or delay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, Chris Rock made a joke about a G.I. Jane sequel, and he was referring to uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's Shaved head. That's uh, that's uh, Will Smith's wife. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you know she, uh, I get, had a little reaction and rolled her eyes. And um, anyway, um, Will Smith took offense to that uh-huh. and walked up to the stage and uh, he slapped Chris Rock. I mean, he like I said yesterday, he didn't just tap him playfully. I mean, he waylaid him hard, and then Chris Rock said he, Will Smith just slapped the bleep out of me. Okay. Okay, then Will Smith walked back to his seat and said, keep my wife's name out of your expletive mouth. Hmm. Okay, and um, now, the the issue was is, is uh, Will Smith took offense to that because his, his wife has been diagnosed with uh, what's called 
alopecia, uh, which causes hair loss. Hmm. So, um, anyway. Now, I mean, is anything like that related to cancer or anything like that? Um, I mean, when my wife was going through her cancer treatments 22 years ago, um, she lost all her hair, you know. Yeah. Um, the chemotherapy, the, the liquid type. Now there are some chemos that are a pill type, which she takes now. My yeah. wife, that is. Yeah, but, it, uh, it, it's a medical term for hair loss, and apparently it can include everything from, like, common balding on the head to hair loss uh, to loss of hair on any part of the human body. So well, anyway, anyway, that's it, you know, Will Smith did not appreciate Chris Rock referring to her as G.I. Jane, which, if you remember, folks remember in the movie, G.I. Jane to me more had a shaved head mm-hmm. uh, because she was a soldier in the U.S. Army. So in the movie, she, uh, her character required a a shaved head appearance, bald head. So that was the reference for that. Now. Will Smith has issued a public apology uh, to both Chris Rock and the Academy. Uh, Chris Rock has said he does not want to file a police report. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Academy says that uh, there could be further action taken against Will Smith. But they have not said anything just yet. Well, it, it obviously wasn't well thought out. And um, yeah, he apologized and said that behavior was unacceptable, but mm-hmm. it, it just, you know, hit him basically the wrong way. And uh, he acted uh, irresponsible. This is in his apology. And um, we don't need that type of behavior uh, when the world needs kindness and love now, those types of things, too. So he was remorseful sure. in, in his Instagram post. But uh, I think um, sometimes we don't think before we act. If it were up to me, I would let this thing just fade away. There's a lot uh, of things that could be just let to be faded away. (laughs) But so many social media platforms just keep blowing them up and resurrecting them. I'm like, you know, people, we've got bigger problems. But live worldwide television, it's a little bit different. Yeah. All right. Good morning, folks. Welcome. It's uh, March 29th. I think I said that already. It's National Mom and Pop Business Owners Day. I like it. I like it, too. So many businesses that I have respected over the years and patronized began as just that, mom and pop. And in many cases, still are. Yeah, one of my favorite ones I remember from years ago is uh, Angelo's Pizza. That used to be up on West Union Street. They had the best pizza. During my college days, used to stop in there, and they always had those. I think they were the first ones to invent those personal pizzas, Mm -hmm. the smaller ones. I'd never seen them before until, until then. Good, I mean, delicious subs. uh, I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, another one that comes to mind is Pratt's Meat Market out on Pomeroy Road, 
where uh, Carpet One Floor and More yes. is now. That was just a really neat mom and pop store right there, and used to stop in there and uh, trade in uh, glass pop bottles. We'd turn them in for you know money. Find oh, them. Oh, I get it. Find them in the creeks yeah. or see what what were they, what were the they worth? It three cents, something like that. Yeah. yeah. A nickel, yeah. maybe. It was if you found one that was a nickel, that was big stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they they reuse, washed them, reused them again. So it's kind of like a recycling beginning. National right Mom and Pop Business Owners Day. Yeah. National Viet War, Vietnam War Veterans Day. National Lemon Chiffon Cake Day. And National Nevada Day. Have you spent any time in Nevada? Uh, let's see. No. I've flown over it, but not actually on the ground. Well, of course, That's Nevada. That's as close we, as I've gotten. You know, we <laughs> think of um, Las Vegas. Yeah. Vegas, Reno. And Reno. But I tell you, that state has such a number of wonderful places to visit and um, you know last night I got into a little habit not a habit but I mean a little project I started uh, a little list and it, it this will grow now because once I start something like this I rarely finish <laughs> I mean, it just keeps growing. That's what I mean. But I made a list of um, some places that it would be nice for Pat and myself to visit. You know, for a weekend. And then um, looked up the, the driving time to get to each. And um, also jotted down names of people I know in that region that would be nice to say hi to if you're going there. And I think I got 29 places cited last night. But, you know, that's going to grow to probably 80 or 90. Um, but these were all driving ranges, so to speak. Not not golf playing, but to, you would drive to it. And um, like Pittsburgh, you know? Um, Jackie's husband's uh, parents. Uh, live in Pittsburgh at a very nice place up overlooking the city down just uh, just south of Pittsburgh but overlooking the river and the buildings and everything I think it's called Church Street and it'd be nice to go over and just say hi to them for a weekend yeah you gotta visit Oakmont Bakery there too if you go to Pittsburgh okay. uh, you see now I'm gonna so that's a, that. That'd be another fun show. So uh, you know, to come in here and and talk about different things, and then different people would say, "Now, I highly recommend while you're there, go to this mm -hmm. or go to that." Yeah. Now I've never heard of Oakmont Bakery, but I'm sure the Weber family has. Oh, I'm sure they have too. It is and, famous in Pittsburgh. Yeah. You have to go in there and actually take a number. And wait for them to wait on you. Now, the counter space is long, too. Mm -hmm. And they have so many mm -hmm. people back there taking orders and serving, preparing. 
too. I mean, that's how So someone shouts out your number and you walk down to that's where it. the voice came from. That's it. Okay. Yep. Yep. And, la- the and they, last- make, they make what, donuts and things? Oh, yeah. It's a bakery. Okay. I'll tell you what. If you like the Four Mile Bakery Donuts, oh, which yes. we do. Yes, <laughs> yes, we do. Oh, you would love the selection that they have there yeah. at Oakmont. Dandy, and you know delicious. the the, uh, the business owner of Four Mile Bakery, Sean Richendoller. Thank you. He has such a great voice. Yeah, and, that, and such a great place there too at Four Mile Bakery. And what a personality. Yeah. Anyway, and you get that when you go there. I've gone there now three times, and you walk in the door, and the, you're, you're greeted, and everybody's happy. All right. Yeah, so that's if you do Pittsburgh, uh, check it out. You <laughs> you yeah. won't be disappointed. I walked out of there, I don't know, with how many things, because I thought, I don't know when I'll be back here again. Right, right, <laughs> of course. Well, let's do uh, On This Day in History. Again, we're talking about March 29th, which is today. But we go back to the year 845. Paris is sacked by Viking raiders, probably under Ragnar Lodbrok, who collects a huge ransom in exchange for leaving. They paid him to leave, I guess. Sounds like it. 1549, the city of Salvador de Bahia is the first capital of Brazil, and it is founded on that date. 1549, this day of March 29th. 1901, Edmund Barton is elected Prime Minister in Australia's first parliamentary election. 1912, Captain Robert Falcon Scott, stormbound in a tent near the South Pole, makes last entry in his diary, The End Cannot Be Far. Am I correct? He perished in that. I think so. Yeah, I think so, too. 1961, after a a four-and-a-half-year trial, Nelson Mandela is acquitted of treason in Pretoria. Four-and-a-half years? Yeah. It's a long trial. Jeez. 1974, Chinese farmers discover the Terracotta Army near Xi'an. 8,000 clay warrior statues buried to guard the tomb of China's first emperor, Qin Shi Huang. The Terracotta Army. Think of that. Coming across 8,000 clay warrior soldiers protecting a tomb. 1999, the Dow Jones uh, Industrial Average closes at, let's see here, let me get my decimals just right, 10,006.78 above the 10,000 mark for the first time ever. Okay, famous birthdays. 
Let's see. Let's do the oldest one first. Yeah. Okay. This this to do John Tyler. Born in 1790, hence his birthday today. Died in 1862. John Tyler. He, uh, I knew that name. He was a U.S. president. Uh, he was the 10th U.S. president of the United States. John Tyler Jr. was an American lawyer and politician serving as the 10th president from 1841 to 1845 after briefly holding office as the 10th vice president in 1841. Now, I'm embarrassed because I do not remember that name in the presidential manner. You may remember the slogan, Tippy Canoe. Oh, and Tyler, too. Yeah. All right. Now. His party was, his political party was the Whig Party. Hmm. Okay. Uh, the next one would be Cy Young. Baseball player. Incidentally, if we can jump back to John Tyler, yeah, he was known for being the first president to serve without being elected to office. After President William Henry Harrison died just 32 days after taking office, did he have a second term? Uh, well, he served out that term, uh, 1841 to 1845. As Harrison passed in 1841, so Tyler was his vice president in 1841, therefore becoming president and serving the term of Harrison who would have served the four-year term, but okay. instead Tyler did. And he only had one term. Correct, okay. yes. All right, Cy Young, we mentioned him. He was born in 1867, and he died in 1955. Baseball, right. Yes, and actually the name of Cy Young, uh, the award for the best pitcher in both the American League and National League, are awarded the Cy Young Awards. Uh, he was an American Major League Baseball pitcher born in Gilmore, Ohio. Now, where's that? Uh, I'm going to check that out here in just a moment. Gilmore. Gilmore, G-I-L-M-O-R-E. Yeah. He worked on his family's farm as a youth before starting his professional baseball career. Young entered the Major Leagues in 1890 and uh Pitched with the National League's Cleveland Spiders and pitched for them until 1898. Hmm. So, okay, uh, where Gilmore. is Gilmore, Ohio? We're going to find out right now. It is an un unincorporated community in Washington Township, Tuscarawas County, Ohio, hmm. south of the village of Ganaden Hutton. And, uh,. <laughs> Here's some more if you want to get specific. It sits on Tuscarawas County Road 10 and is intersected by Tuscarawas County Road 14. Sounds like a crossroads. Yeah, uh, it's it's not real real big. So it's on the eastern part of Ohio, uh, probably, what, just north of Cambridge? Could be. Somewhat. So, yeah, just in between Canton and uh, Cambridge there on the eastern part of Ohio. The next person we have to mention, again, these are famous uh, birthdays, excuse me. Um, so Sam Walton was born on this date in 1918. He died in 1992. Walton. 
Yes, and we've all heard of Walmart, right? Yes, indeed. Samuel Moore Walton was an American businessman entrepreneur, best known for founding retailers Walmart and Sam's Club. And Walmart stores grew to be the world's largest corporation by revenue as well as the biggest private employer in the world. For a period of time, Walton was the richest man in America. Wow. Um, the last person is still living, Lucy Lawless, celebrating her 54th birthday. Very, very um, cheerful, happy-looking gal. Lucy Lawless. Lucy Lucille Frances Lawless is a New Zealand actress and singer. She is best known for her roles as Xena in the television series Xena, Warrior Princess, and as Deanna Byers on the reimagined Battlestar Galactica series and Lucretia in the TV series Spartacus, Blood and Sand, and Associated Series. And uh, some of her other works include Spartacus, well, we mentioned that, Hercules, the legendary, and My Life is Murder. Those are some of the TV shows. Some of her movies include Spider-Man, Euro Trip, and The Spine of the Night. Chances are we've seen her. All right, two de- famous deaths to report on this date. <coughs> Excuse me. First is John Jacob Astor, A-S-T-O-R. He was born in 1763, but died on this date in 1848. I thought you were going to say John Jacob, what's the rest of that? Pickleheimer Schmidt or something like that? Oh, I'm not with that one. <laughs> Sorry. Astor. John Jacob Astor. There's a couple of them here. When was his birthday? 1763. <clears throat> Oops, there goes my cell phone. I'm going to have to turn that. John Jacob Astor was a German-American businessman, merchant, real estate mogul, and investor who made his fortune mainly in a fur trade monopoly by smuggling opium into China and by investing in real estate around New York City. And the other one is Robert Falcon Scott. Which you just mentioned. I did? Mm Mm-hmm. I do believe you did. Well, was an Indian explorer to the Antarctic to Antarctic region. Captain Robert Falcon Scott was a Royal Navy officer and explorer who led two expeditions to the Antarctic regions. The Discovery Expedition of 1901 to 1980-1904 uh, and the ill-fated Terra Nova Expedition of 1910 to 1913. So yes, when you mentioned uh, didn't he pass on that expedition yes he did some of his books he wrote include scott's last expedition uh the voyage of the discovery and the battle for the south pacific some of the movies based on his writings include the great white silence 90 degrees south and clean break so 
course, I don't expect you to know the answer to this, but there's a question posed here. It says, who was the first multimillionaire businessman in America? Wasn't it Sam Walton? No, 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 no. That would be multi-multi-multi-millionaire. Oh. <laughs> the first to be a multi-millionaire. And the answer is John Jacob Astor, A-S-T-O-R. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. That's it. Just came to me. Okay. Yeah, right. we just said, we just talked about John Astor there and his uh, famous death. But continue with well, now, what you have there. Now I'm I don't have. Oh, I see what you mean. Yes, famous death. You're right. Okay. Well, anyway. Yeah, I want to hear. He made a staggering what? fortune. They say by monopolizing the American fur trade. But his methods, ruthless and sometimes even illegal, have drawn criticism. I guess we did have him earlier on famous deaths. Yes, and I think he was the one where he made a fortune in fur trade. Yes. And uh, and also by smuggling opium into China. He was a drug trafficker. Nice guy. And became a multimillionaire. Boy, oh boy. It's like they say, it's not legal until you get caught, I guess. Okay. Well, it's illegal. If, um, in the... There's a thing that I bring in once in a while. It's a trivia question. But first, we'll do our callers. Um, oh, okay. I invite you to redial. I, um, yeah, hit your redialer there, and we'll bring you on. Yes, we're waiting. Um, <laughs> the, um, if I name to you several places, this is a trivia question. Okay. Uh, one of them has a tiny little apartment on the top of it. So here are the um, Big Ben. Yeah, here comes the caller. Let me do that first. Okay, good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Dave. Hi. I just want to wish all Vietnam veterans a happy Vietnam Veterans Day. Yes, sir. And then also, and then I thank them for thank them for our for their service. And also, I need to know: Are you going to be there right after ten o'clock? My wife has something for you. Um, I'll make a point. Yeah. I normally run to the post office, but I'll well, just stick around. Well, you can around. wait there just a few minutes. This um, is this is uh, Steve Chicky. Oh, hi. My wife's got something for you. As long as it's not a summons, right, Dave? Yes. Uh, it is a summons, <laughs> <laughs> but not a police summons. <laughs> we had a nice show the other day. Yes, you did. 
So, yeah, we'll be out there just a little bit after 10 there. We're getting ready to leave right now. Steve, I'll so. stick around. You so bet. You stick around, and, and she also needs to take a picture, too. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank that. you. Thank yeah. you. Oh, that sounds like fun. Okay. Sounds, um, sounds a little perplexing, doesn't it? No, not really. I okay. I don't know what's going on. Well, you know what it is, uh, the Vietnam, Vietnam Veterans Day yes. today, yes. So, yes, we welcome back to all you uh, Vietnam veterans, and uh, we I, thank you for your service. I was in Vietnam twice, and each time for less than 24 hours. Um, but I had a, a relatively important role with it, but it all functioned from Honolulu. <laughs> I don't consider that quite the same thing. All right, <clears throat> so if I named uh, Big Ben, Mount Rushmore, Statue of Liberty, and Eiffel Tower, one of those had a little apartment at the top. You, Which one would you guess? Well, I certainly wouldn't think it would be Big Ben. Uh, you talk about a, not ever getting any sleep. You think a hospital's bad when that bong goes off every hour mm. of the bells. And uh, let's see, what were the other ones? Mount Rushmore. Okay, nope. Those are rocks. Statue of Liberty. Nope, not there. It has to be the Eiffel Tower. You are correct. When Gustav Eiffel designed his namesake tower, he included a private apartment for himself at the top. It is said that Parisians would uh, offer up a small fortune to rent the private place for a single night, but Eiffel consistently refused. He would, however, entertain guests at the utmost prestige. Thomas Edison, for example. Unlike the steel and hard lines it's housed in, the, the um, I don't even know how to say this French expression anyway, it was cozy and romantic. Paisley wallpaper, wood furniture, and oil paintings. Visitors to the tower were previously denied access to the apartment, but now the 100,000, I'm sorry, the 1,000 square foot high area is open to the public. So you got it right. Way to go. Cool. All right. I brought in a couple reports today in terms of news stories. Uh, the first one has the title, Shanghai Shutdown. China began its most sweeping coronavirus restrictions since the early pandemic yesterday locking down large swaths of Shanghai in an effort to contain an emerging outbreak. The, the country's largest city, home to 26 million residents, reportedly uh, reported roughly 3,500 new cases on Sunday. 
though all but 50 were asymptomatic. That means not showing any signs, right? Yes. The jump in cases has been fueled by the BA.2 Omicron variant, which has increased the total number of cases in China during the reported during the entire pandemic by 50% in the past three months. The highly transmissible strain has presented a challenge to the government's stated zero-COVID policy with citywide lockdowns leading to significant economic disruption. Meanwhile, COVID-19 deaths here in the U.S. continue to fall, with the seven-day rolling average near 750 people per day. What an improvement. Uh, while reporting around 31,000 new infections daily. So that's an update on that. On um, Friday, I should have the new information. They've gone to weekly reporting now. And they release the information on Thursdays at 2. So we'll see what, what we have this week on Friday. Yes, and hopefully that subvariant doesn't increase it to uh, daily reports once again. Right. Next item, next item is entitled The Taliban's New Rules. The Taliban continued to impose restrictions on women and girls in the country, banning female passengers from boarding flights without male chaperones. The latest restrictions come after the Taliban prohibited schooling for girls beyond the sixth grade, reversing a previous pledge to further education for women and girls. The strict Islamist group reclaimed the country in August amid a U.S. withdrawal that drew bipartisan criticism. The the international community feared the Taliban would impose the same strict laws as under their previous rule before its regime collapsed back in 2001. At the time, Taliban leaders pledged to maintain increased freedoms gained over the past two decades. Well, the younger and older generations within the Taliban seem to be at odds. That's according to analysts. Younger members see rights for both men and women, while elders, including the Taliban hardline leader, that's the name of this leader, want to steer the country back toward the 1990s, which would be really most unfortunate. <coughs> Perhaps you heard about this. I'm changing topics. Perhaps you heard about this 
pileup on Interstate 81, where at least 60 cars were involved in an extensive pileup along a major Pennsylvania highway yesterday afternoon, an incident that left as many as 20 people injured. Really, it's quite remarkable there wasn't a death. The crash occurred roughly 100 miles northwest of Philadelphia, along a portion of Interstate 81, which connects the city to upstate New York. Oh, now here they're saying at least five people were reportedly killed. Yeah. Well, the accident came amid a snow squall that created near whiteout conditions, according to those present. Multiple semi-trucks were involved, I'll bet, in addition to what appeared to be a fuel tanker that caught fire. Much of the U.S. Middle West, I'm sorry, much of the U.S. Midwest and Northeast are in the middle of a cold snap at this moment, with many cities falling 15 to 30 degrees below typical for this time of year. Um, that was a mess. They had some people talking on the news this morning about how the visibility was terrible and they were driving in the snow and all of a sudden they saw 18-wheelers sideways yeah, yeah. on the interstate and they could do nothing but ram into them. I got, I got the nose of a car stuck under an um, 18-wheeler once in such a situation. <laughs> but, I mean, we were very fortunate. Yeah. It, it basically, you know, scrunched the windshield, but it didn't. we didn't get any farther into it, if yeah. you know what I mean. Bad weather? Oh, my, yes. Wyoming. <laughs> of course. Of course. Let's see here. This this Here's a story I'll just share with you. It's hard to be the only one at a party that's not drinking. But you know what's harder? Spending the whole next day regretting your decisions because your head feels fit to split open. Wouldn't it be nice if you could enjoy a night out and then the next morning, too? So they say, with Shirley, you can. Well, what is Shirley? Not a person. It's a product. Shirley makes non-alcoholic wine that actually tastes like, well, wine rather than water mixed with sugar and dye. It's sourced from premium California wineries and designed by veteran craft lawmakers. I'm not lawmakers, winemakers. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, well. <clears throat> Shirley's got all the quality of a fine wine with none of the drawbacks. And it's low sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, and vegan. So anyone can try it. Um, okay, I like wine. Wednesday is wine night with my wife and myself. Sometimes other days, too. Um, neither one of us drinks any volume of it. But the the friendship that we've developed with people that we enjoy it with, um, having supper and a glass of wine. Mm. Special times. As I mentioned uh, over the years, and I haven't done it too often, but when you consider how many times on, I've, how many years I've been on this show, I guess I have done it sort of often. I have been knowingly drunk twice in my life. Both times were in Berea, Kentucky. The way I felt the next day was absolutely miserable. Why would anyone go through that knowing how lousy they were going to feel the next day? I will also say both times I was underage. Now, I think the world of Berea, don't, don't misunderstand, it's a, m a wonderful, special place. The college, the inn, all sorts of things about Berea have a very special place in my life, but golly. Uh, what so college is there? Berea College. J oh, okay. It is a very famous school. Look it up. <laughs> you'll okay. Be, you'll be amazed. All right. What what kind of uh, population was it there? Enrollment wise? Not not big, not big. But it it was a college for Appalachian students, often hardship cases, that turned these people into something they could be proud of and a career. And I spent 13 summers at Berea um, for, two for two weeks each working with the School of Music and a woman by, by the name of Margaret Allen. Who was very famous in her own right. Her son was the head of NASA. She herself has written books that were out of this world. Anyway, no, I stop, Palmer. The point is, 
let's let's not get drunk, folks. <laughs> okay. I got way off tro- topic there. All right. <clears throat> well, let's see. I brought in a report of tax burdens by state. We do not have sufficient time to get into that today. Uh, do we have something up here? Uh, yeah, I, I put a little song in where there. Did if it, you, where did it go? It's up there at the top, oh, right there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I like this one. Yeah, me too. Okay. So soulful strut ends our show today. Serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Turkey's foreign minister welcoming Ukrainian and Russian diplomats to talks in Istanbul today. They may have produced a breakthrough in the war. Russia's defense ministry says it will scale back military activities around Kiev and Kharkiv to pave the way for dialogue. U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres. An immediate humanitarian ceasefire to allow for progress in serious political negotiations aiming at reaching a peace agreement based on the principles of the United Nations Charter. Ukrainian troops had already reported regaining control of the Kyiv suburb of Irpin. Colonel General Alexander Sirsky is the top military commander in the capital. We, the 